Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Morning to you, nine minutes after 9 a.m. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for tuning in today. And to give me another Scorcher 101, 102 right in there for a high today. Not the cloud cover we've had in the last couple of days. So uh, you're going to want to wear a hat, maybe carrying a sun umbrella, something like that, as it gets uh, toasty today. I have uh, in studio, not my studio, but in studio, Mayor John Pike. It is Mayor Thursday here on the Andy Griffin Show. And uh, Mayor is actually... Uh, about 15 feet away, I can see him through a, a glass window. He's in the Dave studio. Mayor, how are you? Well, I'm doing great. But this uh, this new social distancing on radio is a little different, isn't it? It, it really is. You and I have been, uh, you know, in, in the same, uh, what, about three months now you've right. been coming in. And uh, we've been in the same studio. But uh, some new rules from corporate. Uh, understandable because uh, they have uh, now invited full staffs back to work, including receptionists, secretaries, and things like that. And they had, feel like felt like they had to kind of step up the social distancing. And so even though we've been doing this the whole time, they, they just felt like we needed to be extra careful. So I appreciate you uh, bearing with us, Mayor. Hey, you bet. And uh, we, uh, we're just happy to be here and appreciate Cherry Creek sharing this time with us. If you want to call and chat with the mayor, 673-5890 is the phone number, 673-5890. We would uh, love to hear from you. Again, we don't actually have a hold function working correctly right now. So, correctly right now. so if you call, just keep calling, and, and it'll ring, and I'll get to you as soon as uh, humanly possible. I know the mayor has his notebook out, and he's ready to take notes about your questions and things like that. And, Mayor, let's talk, uh, before we get to the phone calls, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, what's going on in the world. It's kind of weird because the uh, the rioting and racial tension has pushed coronavirus right off of the front page. That's true. Uh, if you look nationally as well as, you know, locally and, and on a statewide basis, that's, that's certainly true. And, and even here in St. George, we've had several demonstrations or protests, I'm not sure <clears throat> which they prefer to be called. But um, in fact, there's slated to be one tonight again hmm. downtown and another one Saturday night uh, downtown. So, uh, As a mayor, how do you position yourself with those? Are you there to watch? Do you not go and just let the police force handle it? Or, or how does that work? You know, what, what I've done so far, I mean, Saturday we became aware. I didn't, I didn't know, and I'm not sure anyone at the city knew that was going to happen until Saturday morning. So I, I had other things going on Saturday, but I did drop in um, – uh, just for kind of the last few minutes of of the uh, the protest or demonstration Saturday morning, just maybe before noon, and then um, we made a decision. The police chief and I, and then a couple of others, the city manager, the Dixie State University police chief, and and our city attorney, we just decided we were going to walk down from uh, City Hall <clears throat> where we were kind of monitoring the situation Saturday night. And as you know, that was when things were pretty um, pretty heated uh, shall we say up in Salt Lake City and right. and other places and so you know we, we're concerned because um, we absolutely uh, would support as I know you would everyone's right to to protest absolutely peacefully you know mm-hmm. and, and by and and by that I mean not breaking any laws and of course no vandalism and and violence so so we were you know a little concerned and we decided well we're gonna just go down there um, talk to uh, whoever might have organized it we didn't know um, but we went and had some good discussions just 
you know, quick, light discussions. They, they were, you know, that was a protest time. It wasn't necessarily uh, their desire to talk a whole lot. But we did talk with a number of people that were down there uh, at uh, the corner of 2nd East and the Boulevard, right mm-hmm. by Iceberg. And they were occupying, oh, probably all four corners there um, most of the time, at least three of the four corners. We we went to each corner and just kind of talked to people. And, and uh, I handed out my business card a few times and just said, be happy to, to meet if there are things you want to talk about. So, you know, and we met the organizers and frankly, the organizers were, uh, seemed to be two very responsible and, and kind, uh, adults, uh, who were just saying, Hey, we're not putting up with any violence or any, um, anything that would be inappropriate. Hmm. And, and I watched them calling a few people out and trying to keep them out of the street, for example. And so, you know, as long as it keeps going that way, and I know the one that's happening tonight and uh, Saturday night, I've talked with uh, one of the organizers, uh, um, especially the one for Saturday night, and she's going, hey, we want to do this right. She she emailed me, called us at the city ahead of time mm-hmm. several days ago, and said, we want to do this right. Will you help us? And actually, they've been in touch with our police department. So I, I as long as they're, um, and any group for that matter, is doing, uh, doing a... a peaceful protest we 100 percent support that in fact we would help protect them you know and make sure that they're not in danger due to you know being in the road or or just that hopefully no one else would cause them danger just like we wouldn't want any harm to come uh, because of the protest so so that's that's where we are and frankly you know we're uh, the the most important thing to us and and i don't you know i will just say you know our mission is to provide services that focus on people and advance a thriving community. That is our mission statement. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my my feeling is that we want to listen, and I know that's how our police chief and, frankly, all of our other department heads feel, is we want to make sure that we're the kind of organization that focuses on people, all people in our community, and we're here to listen. We're here to learn. If there are things uh, that we can do differently or better that are more inclusive, we will do that. Um, all within uh, the you know the uh, the parameters of the law and so forth. The majority of uh, of Caucasian white people that I know feel like that these uh, you know the protests are good, riots bad. Right. I've I've, I've got a couple of African American friends who said we, the reason we riot and, and they're not speaking for everybody that's rioted, but they said the reasons we riot is because peaceful protests are not getting the message across that there's still big time racism in America. Uh, as, as a mayor of a. a we're not big city yet, but we're getting yeah. that way. These kind of things have to kind of cause you to lose a little bit of sleep, though, knowing that it could happen. It happened in Salt Lake City, which you is bet. 300 miles from here. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's it is something that gives me great pause, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, um, uh, you just don't know what you're walking into, literally. You right. know, uh, and so um, so far, I've been very pleased. I I hope that everyone that might be involved, even if they're counter-protesters. We had some, if you will, I wouldn't call them counter-protesters, but we had some people demonstrating um, pro-police Saturday Mm -hmm. night, but they, they were about a block away. I thought that was really smart. You know, because they they were there not to confront, but just to put out their message, which was very much supportive of our police department. And by the way, I am very supportive of our police department. And, um, you know, to 
to kind of your point, Andy, you know, we we absolutely um, would say that we are a learning organization, and I would say we're a learning city. All of us, I think we're we're, we're trying and and trying to do things uh, right. I think we are good-hearted people uh, in um, in the on the whole in the St. George and in the Washington County area, and so you know we want to be welcoming. We want to be. Um, inclusive. I've seen that over and over again. So my hope is that uh, those that have concerns of any nature on any topic will feel like, for example, this very program, this is why we do these things. You know, I'll be going on uh, tomorrow on Juan Radio uh, Mm -hmm. uh, with our... How's your Spanish? Not good. No, no bueno. No bueno. (laughs) And um, so I will go there and I'll have, of course, Pedro. I think you know Pedro. Uh, I'll be on with him and I will have uh, an interpreter with me from the city uh, to listen and also to uh, explain a few things. Does does Cordero speak Spanish? um, I believe he does a little. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. a little. In fact, he'll be with me as well. So, you know, we want to reach out. We want to listen. We want to learn. We want to be doing what I would call in the business world world best practice uh best best practices if you will in everything we do and uh i I think we do a pretty darn good job and i will say this andy we don't we don't have and i'm not aware of any serious complaints uh of a of a nature uh such as those things that have happened in minneapolis we we haven't we don't have those kinds of complaints i'm not going to pretend i'm not going to be you know an ostrich and have my head in the sand thinking that we can't always improve but you know i think we're a pretty good organization and we wouldn't we would want to just always be learning always be improving and that's not just our police that's all of us all of our departments we are there to serve and and in the case of the police and fire departments to protect and and a word of caution to you and i think other people i actually had this gut reaction when all that was going on in salt lake the police car turned over and the fire and people throwing things and stuff I was like, oh, clearly they brought people in from out of state and instigated this. There was a story on KSL yesterday of the 46 people arrested that that fateful night when all that happened in Salt Lake. 42 of them had Utah addresses, and the other four were not definitively not. They just didn't have any address. So mm-hmm. these were these were homegrown people doing some some pretty bad stuff. So that's got to again, like you said, give you a little bit of pause. It, it does. Yeah, it does. And and you know sometimes it, we all know even if it was just maybe when we were growing up and doing things in a crowd sometimes it only takes a few people to turn something um a direction that we wouldn't have intended you know and doing something stupid or something in this case that would be illegal and you know we're not gonna we're not going for that andy we're not we're not going to uh uh, we're not going to uh, um, allow that. We will be Good. enforcing the law, and, and we'll be doing our best to protect all citizens. Um, but you know, we're we're gonna um, we're gonna make sure that we're doing those things that would would protect uh, and serve all of our citizens, uh, and uh, keep you know hopefully uh, law and order and traffic flowing and those kinds of things. Should we take our first phone call? Of the Let's day? do it. All right, caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you today? Good. How are you guys? Doing great. Thank you for calling. Okay, Mayor, change subject a little bit. Okay. The gas company who's tearing up the hill, is there a deadline or these guys just got carte blanche to keep that road shut forever? You're talking about Red Hills Park? they got to be the worst company I've ever seen putting a pipeline in for taking their time. You're talking about Red Hills Parkway? Is that what you mean? 
Is it Red Hills Parkway, is that the road you're referring to? That now they're over in Middleton also. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they've got yeah, they've been there for months. Good grief! It's not that big of a job. Oh yeah, it's a huge job actually. I'll sit back and listen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it, it is a huge job. Uh, it's a large uh, diameter pi- pipeline. Uh, it's it's crucial uh, to to them and to us as, as citizens. Uh, it is a tough one. It's been being planned for a couple of years. It, it has taken some time, and it will. This was the plan. It will take all year. Hmm. Uh, it is a like I say, it's an extensive project. Uh, they've got to go deep, and as you can imagine, with gas lines, uh, highly. Um, Highly, um, what would we say, regulated. And yeah, you can't just <laughs> stick some pipes in there and hope they fit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very tricky. Um, but, you know, we've worked with them, and frankly, Dominion Energy has been very responsive. Uh, they, they tweaked even where it was going to go a little bit so that it would have as minimal impact as possible. I appreciate uh, the caller and every, every caller's uh, and every citizen's concerns with it. Uh, I also appreciate their patience because it does take a little bit. The roads, uh, at least most of them, like Red Hills Parkway, is not closed, but it's you know restricted by one lane during the, during the construction, at least the parts they're working on. When you get onto a smaller surface street, they may have to close some, and that may be what he's referring to over in Middleton. It goes it goes under the freeway at some point and goes over by uh, the mall and behind the mall. Oh, so they're actually going to have to bridge across the, under that freeway. Yeah, I, and- think, I can't remember if they're going under. I believe they're going under. Um, I don't think they're going at, at clear over to Mall Drive, but um, they've already done, in fact, some work down uh, along the back of, I think, what we call the uh, East Ridge, you know, Mall, mm-hmm. you know, where Benja's Tie Garden is and right. so forth. So they've already done some back there, and then it goes behind the mall and uh, and goes over back, kind of over near the um, uh, Washington Walmart and Home Depot area. Oh, wow, that is and a big project. It's big. I mean, it goes clear over to Bluff Street, you know, uh, the other direction. So it, it's huge. And, you know, we really tried to make it as minimal as we could. Honestly, we tried and they tried to see if we could take the northern corridor route and we could not get that approved. Hmm. Um, the, you know, too many turtles, too many tortoises or whatever. Yeah. We, we tried mm-hmm. uh, and they said, oh, we see what you're doing here. You're trying to be sneaky and get that northern corridor in. <laughs> and hmm. we we're going, hey. You know, it's a, it's what's called a, util, a utility development protocol. We're supposed to be allowed to do that, but they were just not going to make it easy. And um, Dominion said, we, we have to do this. We have to do it soon so that we can deliver natural gas, you know, to your growing area. And we have to have it, you know. So that's, yeah. that's what it is. I apologize that it is an inconvenience. I agree it is. However, I think that uh, they and their contractors, uh, whoever may be involved, are doing a pretty good job and they're responsive to us if you have specific concerns uh, i'd love to hear from them and we can work with them to uh, minimize the impact as much as we can we've got some folks calling but i didn't want to ask you mayor before we get to that uh, this whole call and rate thing they tried to have it up in kaysville got shot down they tried to have it uh, in grantsville area got shot down Uh, now call and rates concert is set to be take place in cedar city Hmm. Uh, and uh, the, the thing about it is that 
we're talking about a concert where there's going to be upwards of five or 600 people there. That is in direct violation to all our little code yellows and code, even, you know, code orange. I don't, I don't know that you're supposed to have that many for code green even at this point. I, I have no idea. But bottom line is they're, they're set to have that concert in about a week and a half mm-hmm. uh, in Cedar City. Did they come to you and whether they did or not, what would your, what have, what would your, have been your response to uh, the Colin Ray people? Well, uh, first of all, they, they did not come to, to me or to us that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, I actually um, kind of started a conversation with our city attorney and city manager saying, hey, if this kind of event mm-hmm. did approach us, how would we handle it? You know, and we, we kind of started to think through that process a little bit and just say, well, you know, where could they do it? And, you know, how could they do it? Who would be in charge of making the decision? It's interesting. It's very interesting because in this situation, a large um, gathering permit would typically be required to be issued by the Southwest Utah Public Health Department. Right. And so... And they wouldn't get... They wouldn't grant I that. don't think they would. No. And so then the question would be, if they tried to, like they've tried to do in the other areas, if they tried to go against that, then what happens? And, you know, honestly, I think uh, um, it, it's probably one of those things where if they had a venue, and it would depend on if it was within the city boundaries or within the county boundaries, who would be then charged to deal with it, whether it was to stop it or enforce some kind of social distancing or, or in, what? In this case, Mayor, it is not in the city of Cedar City. I it, figured. Is, it is in the county, yep. but the Iron County Commissioners have already said they're okay with it. Yeah, and so and that's what I would kind of guess. And and so my, my guess is in the city of St. George, there may not be a place where it could really work very well mm-hmm. uh, that, that would be granted access. Uh, but if it happened in the county, that would be up to the county commissioners. If it was going to be in the city, and especially if it was going to be on private property, and again, that's, you know, we're lots, lot, uh, lots of ifs and, and buts here. But if it were, were going to happen in a, on a private property, uh, um, on private property, you know, it may be something that if the public health department wasn't prepared to enforce it, and let's be let's be honest, they don't have guns. No, they haven't. They haven't. Yeah, yeah. They don't have an enforcement arm. No, and so <laughs> if they're not able to enforce it, and it fell to the city, you know, I, I would imagine we would do our best to discourage them from doing it. But if it if it happened, you know, I think is all we could do is just try to make sure people were safe. So you wouldn't send SWAT team? No, out, is what you're I, saying. Okay. I wouldn't support that. All right. Uh, we're uh, about three minutes away from weather. Let's go to the phone line. Call you on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you? Is that me? Oh, that's you. What's up, Seth? Um, yes, Mr. Mayor, um, I'm watching New York City and all these Democrat-controlled uh, uh, megacities uh, uh, catching people uh, throwing uh, strategically uh, sized rocks. I would consider that attempted murder. I think a Molotov cocktail is an incendiary device. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's an arsonist. Uh, I see people with sledgehammers and one thing or another breaking windows, vandalism, and breaking and entering. And I see that the next day they're out on the streets so they can attend their the next riot uh, for looting. And I think looting probably is a criminal offense. At least it is around my house. It's supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, what I'd like to know is, 
if and when we ever arrest somebody for these violations, will they be out the next morning because there's no room in the jail, and they might get COVID if they go to the jail. I, uh, I'm interested to know what your position is and how you would instruct. Uh, are you the boss of the police department? Well, the police chief does report to me, and so I guess you could say that. Um, and, you know, I, m- my take on this would be that we would prosecute people to the full extent of the law uh, as, as, if, if they were in violation of the law. So that would be my uh, that would be my take on it, and I would do that in consultation with not only the police chief but our city attorney um, and potentially the county attorney, you know, if depending on what level it rose to. But, you know, I, I can't speak to when they, you know, get out of, you know, jail if, if they're released on bail or something like that. I, I can't speak to that, Seth, but, but certainly uh, my opinion is they should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law just as is happening in Salt Lake City right now. Okay, take your mayor hat up on, put your dad hat on. Mm-hmm. What if your daughter, I have a daughter who was in a chat room uh, with some other teenage kids from the area, and uh, somebody got on there and said, hey, we're organizing a protest. Uh, I forget what night it was, but this this happened a couple of days ago. And she said, and the, this person said, we're all going to meet at the St. George Police Department at such and such a time, and we're going we're gonna to have a protest. As a dad, would you let your daughter go to that? Oh boy, um, a tough one. I yeah, know. that is a tough one. I mean, you know, I would, I would hope, and one of the things that we talk about in our family is using your best judgment, and, <laughs> and I would hope that my daughter, as, or, or, as, or in or in or in uh, layman's terms, don't be a moron. Yeah, that that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I would hope that they. Would I be said cautious. that, not the mayor. <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope that they'd be cautious. That any of my kids would be, and and again, I'm. Um, I'm I'm all for peaceful protest, but you've got to like you're kind of hinting at Andy. You got to be aware of what you're getting into and what might you know be happening. You just we need to be careful. The, the potential there is there for a for instance the Salt Lake and the, the turning over the police cars and all the, the violent mm-hmm. things that happen there. Um, there the potential is there. You could go there being fully intended to be peaceful and protest mm-hmm. and hold a sign maybe whatever, and then people around you start to get. Uh, how then are you going to react to that as as an individual? And then I guess you know the one assessed question was how would you react to that as as head of this city if that were to happen? Yeah, yeah, and I I think again it's especially you know and this is one of the reasons that um, at least to these these couple that I've been to um, we're trying to help uh, not you know have it escalate, and you know by me going there with the chief of police. What does that do? I don't know. You know, I don't, I hope it doesn't escalate it. It didn't on Saturday. It worked very well. And, you know, that is part of what our attempt was to show that uh, we care enough to to come say hi, uh, to ask for questions, to, uh, if there are questions, to, to, give an opportunity to listen. Um, You know, part of that is, um, is de-escalation or at least not you know, having it escalate. And, you know, honestly, some people wanted to talk to us. Others really didn't. They were there to hold signs and to, you know, uh, say their, their, their piece, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they may want to talk more later. And, and so, you know, I met several people and, um, that said they would like to do that. And so I expect we will have some opportunities to, to talk and to listen uh, later. And we're, we're looking at different ways that we can do that. 
that would be productive. And that's what I'm looking for is productive discussion. Unfortunately, a lot of stuff around the country has been counterproductive. That's, I agree with you. Uh, with these riots and things. Mayor, we got to get a break okay. in here. So uh, weather break. I'm on with Mayor John Pike. It's the Andy Griffin Show. Morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Andy Griffin Show every day here at 9 o'clock in the morning. And every Thursday, Mayor, one of the mayors of our cities, about half the time, it's Mayor John Pike. John, thanks for coming in today again. You bet. Great to be here. Still getting used to the idea of having you not in the room with me. That's a, a little weird. He's in a studio that's, we're about, about 15 feet apart yeah. right now. At least we can so, see each other, which is yeah, cool. That's, yeah, that's true. If I leave that door open, it's really hot in here, by the way. And to, to fight that, I could open the door, but the door's open, I can't really see you because it would block you. Oh, so that's true. Good we, point. We need these uh, nonverbal clues, though, yep. to, to help that's us. Right. Uh, that's right. I got a couple of callers on the line, so let's jump let's right to the phone lines. Uh, uh, caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you today? Doing good. I've got a oh comment mostly on the police. Uh-huh. The way they used to be when I was a kid back in 78, 79, when I first got my license, was, you know, if, if you had contact with them, if you weren't doing anything to hurt people, and, I mean, they think beer, but if you were out not, you know, group of people not hurting anybody. That, that you know, they let you know they were watching. Hmm. And but now it seems like if you get have any contact, like my sons, it was they just try to tack on every little infraction they can. And but I've got a story of my ticket. That I got about a year and a half ago, and I haven't had one since 1984. Oh wow, good for you! So, but me and my wife are heading to Mesquite, going through the porch, and we go around the corner, kind of a right hand, not you know a sharp corner, but in the gorge, and there's a state patrol. In one of the wide gravel areas, so in, he's probably twenty, thirty feet off of the pavement. You're in Arizona at this point. Yeah, and I was in the right lane, and I looked in my mirror to see if it was clear to get over, and I wasn't sure. And I looked back and see the police car is still, you know, way off the road, and by this time, you know, I'm up to where he is, but my my opinion was I didn't know if I could get over. Right. So so you so you stayed in that down. right right lane, and he pulled you over for that. Yeah, because I didn't get over for an emergency vehicle, mm. and I explained to him, you know, I looked as coming around that corner, I can't see, you know, what's right there real good, and turn around and look, and then. I'm on top of the cars coming, you know, if he would have pulled into the lane, sure, I would have went over because I didn't see a car, but I wasn't positive, so I didn't. And the I was going about 65, so I was speeding, but my ticket was for not getting over. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I paid it, went to the online defensive driving thing, paid him the 250 bucks or whatever it was. But I feel I got a ticket 
for doing the safe thing, not changing lanes into some other car because I didn't see it. And, you know, it was all within two, three, four seconds. And, you know, I was up to where the police was and I judged he's 20, 30 feet off. He's still not coming out. So I was and then he pulls me over and gives me a ticket for that. Frustrating, and, huh? But, yeah, but who, just like the guy that was killed in New York, who made the law that made it so terrible to sell a loose cigarette on the street that cops had to take the guy down and, you know, he died? Yeah. Is yeah. it that important to make the law and the reason he's selling it is because packs of cigarettes are 20 30 bucks there yeah and can, it's crazy you know, listen I, I gotta move on i got people calling on the other line thank you for the call today though thank you I would, I would certainly hope if that kind of thing happened in our city, uh, and I assume that was not a St. George police officer that pulled him over, but right. I would, you know, if it were me and that happened, I would, and I realize this is harder when it's out of state, but I'd go to the court, you know, and I would, I would talk to the judge about that and say exactly what this gentleman said. I'd explain my case. And I've done that before personally. And, and, Did it work? And it's worked. Really? Yeah. I, I've had that happen where I won't get into the details because of time, but, you know, there I, I would say that typically if you've got a really good reason uh they'll be they'll be reasonable with you so i I will say this personal anecdote though that maybe uh, is against that is uh years ago i got a ticket for uh, improper uh, lane change i someone had pulled in front of me Mm -hmm. and so my choices as a driver going 45 you know on a road good speed limit uh hit the guy or go around him and avoid the accident but crossing a yellow line in order to do so i chose mm-hmm. to go around the guy and just as a policeman was coming around the corner saw me in the wrong lane mm-hmm. i took it to the judge and the judge said well did you make the improper lane change i said yes but this is why and he said doesn't matter you still did it yeah so i got the i got yep. the ticket and got to pay depends, anyway. depends on the judge doesn't it? Yeah, it it certainly does yep all right let's go back to the phone lines call you're on with andy with mayor pike what's up Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Andy. Morning. Morning. Uh, Andy, you had uh, said earlier in the conversation that uh, you had some friends that uh, said the reason why they riot is because uh, peaceful protesting doesn't work. That's what they've, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so they need a history lesson. Uh, First of all, um, why is everybody so sympathetic to George Floyd? I mean, everybody is on George Floyd's and his family's side. Why? I, I think the feeling is that he wasn't wasn't doing the the punishment didn't fit the crime. I guess is 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 the feeling I'm getting. He didn't resist arrest. Right. That's why he didn't. That's why everybody's so sympathetic. And you have all these other and there, there's just so many. And you got to talk about the details of each one in order to get to the truth. Sure. But so so in this case. Uh, George Floyd did not resist arrest. And like you said, so the response wasn't proper. He wasn't, and by the way, the definition of rioting, uh, Andy, what, what would you say, uh, you know, riot is? Um, I guess inciting a, a, a group to do violence. Yeah, that... hurting people and breaking stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. So, so nobody is going to be sympathetic to a bunch of people that are hurting other people and breaking stuff. Martin Luther King knew this so well, and it's the reason why the Civil Rights Movement and all the, I mean, there were hundreds of thousands of people that gathered 
uh, with Martin Luther King, and sure. their main objective was to protest non-violently. And when America saw the pictures of all of these very peaceful people being fire-hosed and having hit over the head with batons and the dogs sicked on them, the majority of Americans knew that that was wrong, and they were very sympathetic to the cause. And the police lost any kind of support because they were the bad guys. Yeah. And so to, to your friends that you know think that rioting is, is somehow going to be more effective, it couldn't be more wrong. We are very sympathetic when we see injustice. And there's no question what happened to George Floyd was wrong. Yeah. He wasn't resisting arrest. I understand he was in handcuffs. Now I hear both ways. It doesn't matter. He was not resisting. A lot of these other uh, situations, you know, they're, they're resisting arrest. They're fighting the police. You, can't, you cannot resist arrest or the consequences are going to be yours. But so anybody who thinks that rioting somehow is going to be more effective, I can assure you, keep that up and the public is going to turn against you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Good uh, point. And and the the thing is, uh, you say that, and I agree with you. But they're still standing by that. They're still say they're they're not. T- they said. I have one friend who's a, an African American. He said, "You know what? The '60s are the '60s. And Martin Luther King was great, and he did what he did. But that doesn't work today. Peaceful protesting doesn't work today." And he stands by that, and it frustrates me. Mm-hmm. I try to reason with him, and his reasoning: "Oh, well, you're white. You don't understand." That's mm-hmm. what I get from him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's go. Uh, let's get one more caller, and then we'll take a break. Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. What's up? Oh, good morning. Yeah, what's up? I'm sorry, let me turn my radio off. Um, yeah, first of all, I don't know anyone who would want to be a police officer today. Yeah, and That's sad but true. It is. I mean, I, uh, back in the early '70s, I took the uh, San Diego Police. Uh, well, there's there's not. There's quite a few tests you have to take for a police officer. And I, I passed the first test, and uh, I, I got to the point where I was called up for the psychological part I had to take. But then at the same time, I was, I was called by the post office. So it came down, well, do I want to get bit or I want to get shot? So I decided I, you know, I would go uh, with the post office. But thinking back, when I was growing up, uh, I had a friend that tried to steer me into the drug world. And I was more fearful what would happen if my dad found out yeah. than it was if the police found out. <laughs> and, I, and I think part of the problem is, is that back then there was a lot of respect for the police. Why? Because we had family units. And when the family units started breaking up, when mm. we started having encouragement, uh, it's, it's not a big deal to abort a baby and, uh, you know, or, or even... You know, like 19 million of uh, since Roe versus Wade of black Americans have been aborted. They have the highest abortion rate. And you have these family structures that uh, certain communities don't have the family structure. And if you don't have the family structure, you're not taught, you know, how to respect people. And I, I think that's where we, we started to break down. And because today there is no respect for a lot of these uh, communities for the police at all. Matter of fact, uh, real quick, and I'll, and I'll get off here, Black Lives Matter. I mean, the big thing now, defund the police, all right? They don't want a police force. They want to get rid of the police. And yeah. matter of fact, they're starting their own uh, peace officers to defend themselves against the police. So if Black Lives Matter, those 19 million abortions never would have happened uh, as far as in, in their eyes. So. To me, it's a little bit hypocritical. I, I, I realize what happened. I mean, it was definitely wrong. It was murder what happened to that poor man. 
But it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's at the point right now where people think that the police are out there on a killing spree, which is totally untrue. Right. And I just, yeah. and, 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 and I just think uh, the respect for the police, how that broke down is how this whole society is starting to break down. And, and I think, you know, we have to look deeper why this all happened. Well but said. Anyway. Thank you. It's a good point. Thank you for the call. You. I, you know, uh, to that point, Mayor, I, it's funny. I, I had a conversation with my dad yesterday. I had lunch with my dad. He's 85 years old. I had a great lunch with him yesterday. But uh, one of the things he talked about is, you know, he's, I, he said, oh, I felt bad. You, get, you kids were probably afraid of me in, 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 when you were younger, you know, because he'd get the belt out occasionally when we needed it. But I told him this, and, and I truly, firmly believe this. Uh, when I did something wrong or thought about doing something wrong, Mayor, it wasn't because I was afraid my dad was going to hit me or or whatever. It was because I didn't want to disappoint my dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a big difference there. I I didn't want to be the failure in my father's eyes, and that yeah. that I mean that's just what the caller was talking about. You know, the, yep. the family unit unit and the expectations of a parent, and you can criticize those if you want, but I think it drives people to be better people. Absolutely. In fact, I was thinking similarly, Andy, uh, when I was young and I was the oldest in our family, I learned one lesson quickly. Don't disrespect your mother. Oh, yeah. yeah. If I did that, there wasn't much I could do worse than that, because when my dad got home, I'd be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. That was something you just didn't do. Right. And you definitely didn't do it at like three in the afternoon because that didn't give you time to properly uh, uh, handle it with mom before dad got home and, and she'd say, yeah, look what Johnny did. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And here's what he did. And then I'd be in real trouble. And so, but I agree with you. Um, I, I really, I, I did not want to disappoint my dad or my mom. Right. And uh, that, that had a lot to do with, with, um, with, I think, my, my behavior growing Every up. Every major decision, yep. huh? Yep, it did. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right, uh, got to get a commercial break in. Uh, we'll take your calls when we come back at 673-5890. Please be patient. We will be back in about, uh, well, first of all, let me thank Joe Shoney. Thank you, Mayor. We'll, we'll be, get right back to you in a minute. Joe Shoney is a local uh, loan officer, more than 25 years serving southern Utah, and uh, his uh, reviews online are phenomenal, 353 reviews online and an average of 4.91 stars. Uh, including this one from Jeannie. And by the way, it's 355 reviews now. A couple of them came in today. Great experience working with Joe and his staff. I'll be referring them to all our friends and family. Thank you, Joe. Five stars. Uh, This one from Donald. Uh, Efficiency. One word. Efficiency with an exclamation point and five stars. Give Joe Shoney a call. 435-590-6300 or email him joe.shoney at nafinc.com. Got about five minutes left. Love to hear from you on the show. I'm Andy Griffin. We've got Mayor John Pike in studio today, although he's in that studio and I'm in this studio. We're still trying to get used to that. Uh, it's worked but, pretty well, Andy. Yeah, it's not all right. We, yeah. like, like I said, I think it's really important that we can at least see each other. That's and, right. And, and, and we hear each other very well, obviously, through the headsets. So that's good. But if you want to call, 673-5890 is the phone number. We were talking a little bit about the, you know, the rioting and, and, and uh, looting and crazy stuff that's gone on in some of those big cities. Uh, Mayor, the projection is in St. George in the next, I don't know, what is it, 25 years, St. George, uh, this valley is going to have uh, half a million people in it. Uh, mm-hmm. if trends continue like they are, if those trends continue and we do end up with a half a million people, when something like this comes up, it's all the more likely that we have some of those uh, big city issues. Uh, is that something you think about or are you oh, more yeah. worried about the near term? Well, obviously for me, um, I'm, I'm thinking about, 
you know, mostly the near term. But I do think about, in fact, I was as I was on a walk the other day in the evening with my wife, we were talking about this very thing. You know, what what do we do to um, kind of prevent some of the problems of the uh, kind of the typical larger cities? I, I'm not sure I know all the answers to that. Um, in fact, I, what we decided by the end of our walk, we walked for about uh, three miles that night. Uh, we decided, you know what, I'm not going to be able to solve those problems, um, long-term problems. But I think the way um, the way we at least can attempt to is we need to be doing our very best to, to listen to each other, uh, to try to, you know, really, again, it comes back to um, we hope that we have good opportunity for people to succeed and to enjoy their quality of life in our city and in our surrounding areas, right? I I think so. I think that's what we would all agree with. As I mentioned earlier, our mission is to provide service uh, to to people, you know, to provide services to people uh, and, and really focus on them and their needs. And, and that, that that will advance the thriving community. That, that's, our, that's what our mission is. If we're doing that, um, and if we're trying to do that and allow that, if you will, for all people, and they feel like they've got a good shot at that, that gets into housing and transportation and, you know, and jobs. Those are all things that are key points on the city council and the mayor's uh, agenda, if you will, to try to, to help foster that kind of a, uh, a climate, if you will, that, uh, that, you know, that people will be able to succeed here. I think some of the frustrations uh, that come out of, you know, living in big cities are some of those very issues. And so that's one of the things I want to make sure. I want to make sure we have density, but not too much density. Yeah. I want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're spreading it around. In my opinion, it, density needs to be uh, spread around the city and not huge projects, if you will, with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of units with people on top of each other. I think when you get that density, it brings other issues. And, and so anyway, that's, those are some of the things that we try to think about as we're planning ahead. About two minutes left. Uh, caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. How are you? Yeah, I'd just like to address about this concept. But let me just say before I do that is that I think people are dying not because of the virus. It's been uh, There's been viruses around since Adam and Eve, but they're dying because of the government regulations. But back to the concert, I think if people want to go to a concert, they should be able to go to a concert. I'm older than both of you, and I don't feel one iota that I'm going to get sick from the virus. And I think when government dictates like they did in Twella, they overstep their boundary. I think if they, somebody wants to have a concert, people want to go, they have their agency. When government tells them they, get, they don't have any more freedom, that, that we're not going to allow you to do what you want to do. I, honestly, I'm opposed to uh, all this hassle that we're going. If people are scared of the virus, tell them to move to California or New York where they're safe. But for us here to take our freedom away... I think government has gone way overboard dictating whether people can come in and have a concert. I'm not saying in the city of St. George, but I'm just saying when you get out in the country with air fresh air, your chances of getting are about zero. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thought. All right, thanks for the call. Yeah, and I don't, frankly, I don't disagree with that. I think, uh, in fact, it's been proven more and more as we've gone along that, you know, you're safest if you're outside. So anyway, yeah, it's, um, you know, we do have some restrictions. The question is how how 
you know, where do we cross the line? And I think in Utah, I'm still happy, even though not all agree, I'm still pleased that we were one of seven states that didn't have a complete and total shutdown. And so I, I will say that much. I realize it's, uh, you know, there's lines that uh, people disagree on where they are. All right, Mayor, thanks for coming in today. Always a great show. You bet. Thank you, Andy. Time now for news.